Welcome to the Fish Cast. We promised you we'd be back with one more before Christmas to talk about signing day. And we're here. Here, of course, Charles Fishbine, the uh, owner operator of the Fish Cast. What's up, Fish? Not much. Ready to go, man. And we're back, as always, back in Jersey. Probably going to enjoy a white Christmas, at least whiter than the Christmas that Fitch and I would enjoy here in Florida. Coach Demo, what's up, Demo? See you all, my man. What's happening? Much, man. Not much, man. Uh, early signing day was pretty uneventful outside of one thing, <laughs> one very big thing. Travis Hunter, depending on where you have him, he's either the number one player in the class or somewhere in the top three, definitely the number one athlete slash cornerback in the class. Long time committed to Florida State. I think he was committed for about, about what, 20 months or so? Yeah, it was about two years close yeah. to it. Ends up uh ends up in the last second, uh making a flip, switching to Jackson State, uh basically putting the entire college football world on notice. Uh, a whole bunch of rumors came out after uh Travis Hunter flipped, uh, many of which have gotten debunked. And even Dion said, Hey, I can't can I really coach a kid that would make more money than me. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some stuff with the NIL coming his way, but I think all the numbers that have been thrown out there are probably uh, not true. So, you know, that's another story for another time. Bottom line, fish, early signing day. This is you. This is me. This is where we where we've made our name in this business is in this recruiting thing. And, and get, you know, give me your thoughts about that situation, anything else that really popped in your mind during early signing day. Yeah. I mean, the whole surprising thing with the Travis Hunter thing is that, you know, if you're close to a kid and Demo has been close to kids and recruiting to get blindsided, like Florida state did is very surprising to me. You could tell me uh, whatever you want. When you have a, a kid that's basically controlling your recruiting, calling kids, um, recruiting other players to your program. And then 30 minutes before he goes out on signing day, he was supposed to be their first player that sent in their letter of intent. This kid decides to go to Jacksonville state. And, you know, we later find out that this is something that was going on for a couple months. You know, you have to question, you know, who you're, who you're getting your information from as a staff, you, you, you've got to be careful on who you rely on, because, you know, something like this could be very devastating to a program, especially one that's trying to flip their program from where they're at and take it to at least a winning level, whether it's seven, eight, nine wins. And that's what Travis Hunter would have done. They didn't even give themselves a chance to get somebody else in the class. And this is a, I think a big loss for them, not only from a PR standpoint, but a prospect that could have really changed the momentum of where you've been going. And, uh, you know, it's going to be curious to see where this goes. I, me personally, um, you know, I I've got to say this and, and you may disagree with me, Corey. I like, I, I thought Travis Hunter was a big time football player and I still think he's a very good player. I, this is not sour grapes, but when you're as talented as he is, and I don't care how much money he was offered or whatever it is at Jackson State, and I get it with Dion, I want the best players to play at the highest level. 
that they're capable of playing. And that's Florida state. That's Alabama. That's Georgia. And I, I, like I said, it's not the money. This kid took the easy route out as far as not playing at the highest level. And that's kind of disappointing because I want to see him play at the highest level and see what he's capable of. His skill set is unreal. This is one of the top skill players to come out in the last 10 years. And he, we're not going to get to see him. You know, you may see him a, a one game here or there, but you want to see him perform at the highest of all levels. And I, I wonder if Demo will agree with this, but when guys are great, you want to see them against other great players. He's basically going to play against guys that are, he's way better than. And uh, I mean, selfishly, I hope we get to see him at some point at the power five level where he belongs if he's the number one player in the country. Now, maybe he doesn't think he's the number one player. All the confidence and everybody uh, that people think this kid has, maybe, you know, that's more of a comfort level where he's at. But I want the very best to play at the very highest levels. It's no different. It'd be like somebody having a chance to play in the NFL and they decide to play in the Canadian Football League. And uh, hopefully for Travis, we get to see him one day, see what he's really capable of, because I don't think we are ever going to see this kid play to his fullest potential now that he's going to the FCS level. Well, when something happens like this, I believe it's, it's what a personal vendetta is all about. Somebody really went above and beyond to do what they had to do to make sure this happened. When you talk to any coach, especially a head coach at a program, they're like a doctor coming out of surgery. They'll never say we didn't get our guy. They'll never say that. But in this case, it was so obvious, it's hard to deny. Because what happens is the domino effect. You don't get him, then there's a couple other players that follow suit. I wasn't too sure that, I wasn't too worried about him going like the LSU, Alabama, Georgia. Something like this had to happen for him to make a stir. And in recruiting, it's overplayed. This guy outworks this guy. This, it, it, it's an understatement. Everybody works hard in recruiting. It's finding the niche. It's finding what's going to get you in to that player's home, get you a connection with him and his parents or his mom, whoever, and then sealing the deal. And then as you're recruiting that young man, you know at some point you got him. And you know, at some point you don't because you invested a ton of time recruiting that young man. I'm just surprised if Florida State played dumb like they did. I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that because when you spend a lot of time with a young man, you know something's up. And when he went to Georgia, I didn't think he was going to Georgia. I just thought something was up. And obviously it turned out the way it did. But kudos to Dion. You know, he, he said, listen, man, I'm going to prove to whoever I got to prove to that I'm worthy of what I'm doing. And I told everybody this a long time ago, he's out to prove that he can be a big time factor in college football. And I believe he has done that. Now, you know, he lost this game, the championship game this other day, but he'll be back. And the stuff that he did is amazing, especially on the recruiting trail. So we'll have to wait and see where this thing turns out and goes like fish said. But when you're recruiting, yes, you're going to work hard and you're going to do all this. Everybody wants to work hard. It's an understatement. It's the connection and what you, how you use that connection. Once you're able to get in that home, that little window was open, can you close it? And I think that's what Jackson State did. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a, I mean, I've talked with both of you about this uh, offline. Um, I'm not, we're going to see him play at the highest level, which is the NFL. Like, that's not, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about. Really I don't think that's guaranteed. You I don't. Know, I don't. I don't, I don't think that's guaranteed. You're, not, you're, I mean, it's not guaranteed for anybody. Hell, I'm not guaranteed to see tomorrow. He could. But he I'll could tear be, his knee up the first game of the that's season. Why I said I'm not guaranteed yeah. to see tomorrow, but yeah. we're going to see him in the NFL. I'm not too worried about that. So, I mean, and I understand why he's going to Dion. Frankly, I think he's going to get better teaching as a defensive back than he would he went anywhere else because Dion's a better defensive back than anywhere else he could have won and gotten coaching from. That's just that's a fact. I'm not sitting there lying to you. And I think he's going to understand more about the things that he needs to do in a game and the business of football. Because Neon probably understands the business of football better than a lot of these other guys. So I get that. And I also understand if he decides, you know what, I want to make a statement for myself. I want to go on a different route, on a different place. I'm fine with that too. All right. Uh, of the three of us here, let me, full disclosure, I'm the black guy. Okay. Three of us here. So I get it. I understand why people want to be around coaches that look like them and play in front of fans that look like them and, you know, and not have to deal with the same BS that like Justin Fields dealt with. Like, I understand that. I get it. So I understand all those aspects of life. Like I understand from a cultural standpoint, maybe he just wants to be around other black people. I like that. I, I, I understand. I absolutely understand that, you know? So there's a, there's a lot that goes into these decisions. A lot more. We tend to look. We tend to look at them in so much of a vacuum. We don't really know these people. Never really haven't spent any time around them to know their true character, what they're about. So, I you know I I, I tend to just believe that this wasn't a football only decision. It might have been. I don't know that he's going to stay at Jackson State if Dion gets another job in a year. He's probably more married to Dion than he is to Jackson State. I think that's the case. Very true. Um, in terms of the in terms of the Florida State aspect, yeah, you know, that's that's their loss at the end of the day. That that's something that whatever happened, whatever visit, you know, they weren't gonna stop him from taking visits. He was gonna go to Jackson State, gonna go to Georgia. He was too important of a recruit for them to say, hey, you can't take if you take another visit, we're going to drop you. Okay, fine, drop me. You know, whatever. What I believe, and where I think a lot of the big sour sourness comes from, is that if he goes to Alabama or Georgia, we're not talking about it. It's just Nick or Kirby got another one. They got another one to go along with their many, many, many other ones that they have. I don't even think this was Florida State's biggest loss on signing day. I think that was Marvin Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw Marvin Sr. I saw really, you know, he was disappointed. Like, you can look at his face and tell he was hurt that his kid's not going to his alma mater. You know, that, that and I don't understand how Florida State goofed that up, to be honest with you. And we can talk about that in a second about, you know, I thought they, you know, signing day goes one of two ways, as you can, as you can attest, DMO. It's either about who you did sign or who you didn't sign. That's what your class is. Your class number doesn't matter. It's always about who you signed that day or who you didn't sign. And if we're exactly. talking about who you didn't sign, you had a bad signing day. So, you know, you put all those things into consideration. I say, you know what? Your life. Do what you want to do. What I like that he did is that the system 
isn't designed for kids to go to Jackson State. As we talked earlier, Demo, they're not designed for kids to go to NC State or Rutgers. When you coach it, though, even though those were quote unquote power five schools, you know, when you go down to Fort Myers and you're recruiting Richard Washington, they're like, what are you doing down here? You're mm-hmm. not supposed to get this kid. Five star yep. kid ain't supposed to go to NC State. You know, big time kids aren't supposed to go to Rutgers. Like, that's not what's supposed to happen. So, you know, whether he went to, if he went to anywhere other than eight schools, it was going to change. It was going to turn heads. So, again, his life, see what happens. I think it's fine. I don't think he's running away from anything. I feel like I think he's running to something. He's running to do something different. And I'm okay with that. I don't, not everybody has to be the same. You don't have to go to Georgia play in the NFL. You don't have to go to Georgia to be a good defensive back. You can go somewhere else. Corey, to, to Fish's point, I'm going to say one thing. When a Jackson State does get the quality player like Travis Hunter, you want to use utilize him to the fullest. So I don't think he's just going to be a defensive back. I think he's going to be a wildcat guy on offense. He's going to be a punt returner, kick returner. They're going to have other package for packages for him on offense so when you do that you do get susceptible to some injury because the worst injuries you're going to get is when somebody's tackling you other than when you're tackling somebody else so there I really believe they're going to utilize him to his fullest if he went to an LSU or Georgia or what have you he would only be or at Alabama he would have been a DB and that's that and then he would have been you know schooled up in that position but when you go to a Jackson State and you get the quality of player like this guy is, you got to use him to his fullest. And I think that's on both sides of the ball and special teams. Now you become susceptible to injury. Not that it's going to happen. It's a very, very small chance. But you do get susceptible to an injury now. And if that does happen, then your stock lowers a little bit. So there is some truth to what Fish is saying. If I believe what Jackson State's going to do is use him in all areas of the field. Just, just from a strength program to nutrition to uh, just everything about being at a power five school is a lot. I, I don't, they could have Dion and Dion could go out there at the end of the day, Dion ain't coaching this kid. It's going to be a DB coach or a wide receiver coach. He may give them tips and stuff. I, I don't believe I'm sorry. One thing I don't agree with Dion was a special talent. All right. And coaching kids, it, when Dion has the skill set he has that somebody that he's coaching doesn't have that same skill set, a lot of times guys like him will get frustrated because they're not going to coach him the same way. I personally would put Demo, and I'm biased towards Demo. I'd rather see Demo coach this kid than Dion. No offense to Dion, he was a great player in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer. Doesn't mean he's a great positional coach. I mean that's ridiculous. I, I, I've never bought into that. Some of the best coaches coached at the lowest levels or didn't play college or high school football. So this idea that you have to play the game to be this guy that's going to teach him his skill sets. I personally think it was a mistake. That's just my opinion. I wish the kid well. He's a great kid. I've been around him. I don't I think he got buffaloed. And um personally I think he's going to regret his decision at the end of the day. But that's his decision. And I've always said that I will never tell a prospect where to go for the next four years of his life because I'm not going there with him. But I think deep down, all right, 
this kid probably woke up and probably said to himself, you know what? I wonder if I made the right decision and we'll see at the end of the day. I hope he gets a chance to showcase his skills there and he does stay healthy and everything works out and God bless him. Good luck. I just personally, from a selfish standpoint, when somebody's this talented, I want to see him week in and week out playing against the best players. I could care less about what he does against about basically high school kid level kids at an FCS level. He won't be hurt again until he gets ESPN may put him on. You'll hear about him once in a blue moon, but once he signed there, he's all but forgotten unless he makes just some spectacular play and they put it on sports center, but that's it. And God, like I said, I wish him well, good luck. I personally think he made a decision, a, a bad decision, but that's his decision and his family's decision. And they're going to have to live with it. And, and the, that's basically all I have to say about it. Demo, what else you got? No, you know, <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> I, I'm looking at what Miami did, and I know we're going to get to this. I'm looking at my what Miami did with Mario Cristobal, and it kind of left Florida and Florida State in the dust. You know, they, they, they came up with all kinds of money. They made a huge splash. They got to live up to it, which I think he's going to do in the recruiting process. But I've always said this about coaches. You have to recruit. Mario is going to recruit. Dion will recruit. Now, Here's the thing. Can they coach at the highest level? I don't know. If you got great players, all you got to do is be organized and structured. And for the most part, you're going to be able to win. You have to know some coaching. But you know, a lot of times you don't have to go out coach the other guy because your players will do that if they're organized and structured properly and they have a system. So as I look at this thing, players are really the ones that are going to make you win. Deion understands that. And that's why he went out and, and did what he had to do to get this kid and whatever they did. But that's what I'm saying with him at the next level. Because if he did it there, he surely can do it at a Florida State. And maybe someday we'll be looking at that. But, Timo, if you watched their bowl game the other day, that was not a well-coached football team. All right? I'm sorry. And I don't think he's going to have the same coaches if well, he goes to I'm just saying that, was, that wasn't a well-coached football team. Right. Well, because you, you look at the players, you're so used to looking at a – Elite coaching staff with elite players, so Allah at Alabama, Georgia, et cetera. He was 12 and, and one. The other team was six and six, period. Right. He had the you're better right. players. That yeah. was a poorly coached football team. You, you could be right, Fish. You could be right. But listen, again, I, I agree with you. I think Dion, if he gets to the next level, will put better coaches around him. But I've told you that's my biggest concern. I watched that staff you. the other day. They look clueless. They look like they had no idea what was going on, and they got beat by a way worse team than that. So at the end of the day, you got it's great to have the players, but you got to know where to put them. And they didn't yep. put them in the right places to be successful the other day in their bowl game. And and they got they didn't just get beat; they got beat down. If you're looking just to hire, and your they have friends, better players. <laughs> if you're looking at just to hire your friends, it ain't going to happen There's unless no your point. friends are that good. No that, doubt. Then it's that good. You know, and one thing I say about a couple of these guys at the higher levels, they're not afraid to hire good coaches, better you than them. Co you got to coach. You got to you do You got to hire coaches yeah. that are better than you. Yeah. You can't hire ones that, well, I'm going to school this guy and I'm going to teach him. No, you got to hire coaches that are already established sometimes and that are better than you and not afraid to talk with you about certain things that other guys aren't. And, 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 and that's what you have to be able to do to be successful at the highest level. 
Yeah, of all the, you know, of all the real new schools, you know, the new coaches that have made the biggest waves, uh, you know, I thought Mario did a really good job on signing it, get some kids, and uh, he got the um, Jaleel, Jaleel Skinner kid that was uh, committed to Alabama. I'm not sure if he would have went there, but he was definitely committed there. And, you know, he's in, he's in for uh, this Coleman kid out of St. Louis that's supposedly a big-time receiver. He's in for this uh, a, a commit that he had actually got from Oregon, TJ Dudley, that I think he's in Mobile, Alabama, or Birmingham, or somewhere. So you know, so and, and you know he got he got Wesley Basante before, then he got Jack Kelly. So he's done a really good job right away at establishing, you know, establishing himself as one an ace recruiter, two establishing himself in his area as somebody that's that you're going to have to go through in order to get kids, which, you know, for Alabama and Georgia and to a lesser extent, like LSU, they haven't had to do that in a while. Like they haven't had, cause you know, Florida state doesn't really recruit South Florida very much anymore right now, at least Florida is, you know, retooling and they're, I think by them hiring Corey Raymond, they're telling me that they're at least going to go after top kids, at least top defensive backs. So, you know, so things are things are definitely changing a little bit, especially when it comes to the top kids in Florida. Um, we've gotten used to them over the last three or four years of not being pursued by the in-state schools, and that might change again, at least for, you know, at least when it comes to Florida and Miami and pursuing the Florida kids again. So that's a, that's a, that, that's going to be interesting to see as that thing continues to develop. Um. You know, Corey, when you recruit, you need help. I don't care how good a recruiter you think you are, you need help. You need to rely on other people's evaluations sometimes and then go out and make your own evaluation, that young man. But you need help. And you also need people out there helping you recruit that kid. You know, when, when it's time for you to recruit that kid, are you in favor of the head coach? Are you in favor of people in the community? Are you in favor of ex-players that played there? Are they all helping you get this kid? And it's all the connections that, you know, and the, and the trust that you've built up over the years. That's what recruiting is. And it has nothing to do with outworking somebody. I'm so tired. I, he outworked them. No, he did. No, he did. Everybody works hard in recruiting. Everybody does. It's the connections that you use and then the trust that you've built up with people in that community and also individual players that you might have gotten in the past. And Fish brought up a good point, you know, and he always says this, and I believe it so hard, hard, heartily. When I recruited, I went after the best players, whether I got them or I didn't get them. Because when I develop a relationship with a great player, it trickled down to other players that I think I could get. And then when I went back there again, they already know that this guy was in on this player. He lost them, but he has a chance to recruit someone just like him. So there's a lot of truth to that. And Mario's going to get a lot of help down there because, number one, he's from there. He played there and he coached there. So he gets it. So he's going to be able to do kind of what Jimmy Johnson did and, and started by Howard Schnellenberger to put those gates up around the 305 and go to work and then you know, see what he could do and expand it from there. Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to somebody that um, was in the room when Mario was introduced to the coaches and everything. And this individual basically said that it was a totally different feel, like, when Mario walked in there, he said that the presence and the, like, he said, we got a real coach. We got a real head football coach for the first time that I could remember. And 
I, I think you're going to hear that from a lot of people that were in that room. Mario's got a presence. Uh, you know, he, he did his introductory press conference and you just felt it when, he, you know, they say, Oh, some guys just want to win the press conference that, that no, nah, he, he, he gets it. He understands you. You talk about somebody that understands university of Miami. He's played there. He's coached there. He's been around that program and he's going to hold every single person in that football office from the coaches to the assistant coaches accountable. Everybody's going to have to hold up their end of the bargain. And I don't know if that's happened under the past five or six coach, you know, since Butch Davis has been there, I don't think they've had that. And I think that's why you've seen these coaches fail is because they have had friends on the coaching staff or they have had people that are just sitting there that are yes men. And, and I don't think Mario wants to win too bad, especially at university of Miami to screw this up. I believe he's going to get this team, not only to the ACC championship, he's going to get them to the playoffs at some point. And I know there's going to be people that say, Oh, Miami can't win anymore. I don't buy that crap. I don't buy, we could discuss it about Florida state and Florida, all three of these programs can't overcome the incompetence of the people above that, that we have found out. But if you get the right coach at one of these programs, it has been proven you can win. You yep. can win and you can win quickly. You and, know, Fish, and, not, not to interrupt you, but recruiting is so much more than going into somebody's house with a coat and tie, opening in a book and saying, okay, this is, this is it. You have got to be able to go places and do things that other coaches aren't willing to do. You have to go right up to that gray line and show these kids that you're willing to have their back and be with them. I remember I was recruiting a kid one time and he was working somewhere at night, was Models or Dick's back then, I can't remember. And he said, yeah, I'm gonna be working there till closing. I remember I did what I had to do that day and then I shot over there to see him at that Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever it was. And he's like, coach, he couldn't believe that I went in there to see him. And I said, that's so much I want you, babe. And that was it. And that's what it takes, man. It takes to be able to do a lot more in going up to the edge without going over, doing everything that you're legally allowed to do and, and, and right up to that edge to show that young man how much you want him. And that's what it is. And that's what I believe Dion did with this kid, Travis Hunter. Yeah, um, and, and sticking with that uh, and, and Florida State, we talked about Mario. We'll talk a little bit about Florida in a second because I actually thought they did a pretty good job given, you know, you're only going to get a few kids on signing day. So, you know, how do you do it? Uh, Florida State, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad class at all. I mean, they were rated out in the top fifteen by the two major uh, services. I had them at Walter Football at eighteen because I just I, I you know I tend to I tend to rate some of the position. I rate the need positions a little differently. You know, their lack of getting some of their needs kind of dropped them a little bit. But again, like we said, signing day is either about who you get or who you don't get, and it's just like. You're going to have a top 15 class. And it just felt like such a disappointment because everybody they were really targeting on that day they didn't get anybody except for one kid, Azaria Thomas, who's a very good player out of Niceville. And that, you know, that really fell on their lap. And I think he's going to be a heck of a player. Um, but again, we talked about it. They didn't get Marvin Jones Jr., which is just crushing. Um, 
obviously we talked about Travis Hunter. There were a few other kids they didn't get. And overall, it just, you know, when you start to hear the coaches talk and everything, it just that you they couldn't hide their disappointment on. And it's just, and you've been in those situations, Demo, like where you have well, you know you had a good class and you did a good job, but you might have missed out on two or three guys that, you know, to change the landscape even more. Like, how do you like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that element of disappointment? You know, Corey, it, 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 like I told you before, there's a domino effect. When somebody does something, it triggers other people to do something. If somebody fell in line, then everybody else kind of falls in line. You know, I met Coach Norvell. He's a very nice man, a very, very nice man. He's very organized, very structured. He's on point with practice. I watched it. But a lot of these things that these college do is what I call experiments. They experiment. Okay, we had this guy, this guy. Now we're going to have this guy, and we experiment. And then when the experiment don't work, you're up, you know what? So you got to go make a splash. And I believe that's what Miami did. And that's what Florida State's going to do here very shortly. I believe they have to. Because to keep up with the Joneses, if you don't, then you're going to fall way, way, way behind and you're going to have a problem. Um, I've always thought and, and, and I work for the great Bobby Bowden, the great Bobby Bowden, the best one as far as I'm concerned ever. And a lot of the times when I learned from him, I would just sit there, watch and listen and just watch him work a room, watch him work the players, watch him work recruits, talk to parents. I would just watch and observe and say, yes. That's it. Because I did it with a lot of the guys that I worked for. But that was the one that I wanted to be like the most because he connected with the players. So I think these experiments that some of these teams use, yeah, this is going to be the next experiment. It's going to work because we, we, we did our due diligence, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it comes down to just common sense, man. Just common sense that a lot of times these guys don't use. They think they, did, they put it in some formula and they got it. It's not it. It's common sense and knowing the people that you hire are going to make the splash and going to do the right things that are committed to do it, but they have to have the help. And if they lose the help, they lose the trust and they don't have it because you know, some people are on your side. Some people aren't, you're never going to win that, that battle. You're not going to win that situation. So I think what's going to happen here shortly is you're going to see a lot of figureheads. Like I said, figureheads that when they pull up in the car, there's people waiting to want to take a picture with that person. And if that's not the case, then you're losing. And then somebody else is gaining. So I think you're going to see a lot of that in the future. I think all these experiments over the past three to four or five years, these experiments are starting to fail. And they got to go back to the way it used to be, blood and guts with a coach that really knows how to, to connect with his players and get the most out of them. That's what you're going to start to see. Well, it, it comes down to recruiting. And yep. Corey, Corey can bring up, I, was, I, don't, I don't see it as a top 20 class. Because at the end of the day, I don't look at rankings. Hey, all right, you're this class is one, this class is two, this class is 15. If you have holes in that class and, and they needed a running back, they needed wide receivers, they needed a pass rushing defensive end, you needed linebackers, and you did not sign any of those. I don't know how you can say it's a great class or even a very good one. It has they could their class was very good if you're talking about the line they improved that position and it was a must needed position they signed Julian Armella on signing day I think he's going to be uh, an NFL type kid down the road I I 
entered, I interviewed him the other day. He's the best looking offensive lineman FSU signed in a decade. I mean, he's six, six, he's two ninety. Those guys aren't going to win fans over at the end of the day, but they win you ball games. I thought they needed a pass rusher. They lost two of their pass rushers uh, that they're going to lose to graduation in the draft and Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. I thought Marvin Jones Jr. was more important than Travis Hunter. At the end of the day, I, and, I, and a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy when I'm saying this, I had Azarus Thomas, one of the top three corners, top D, three DBs in the state of Florida. I gave him about as high of a grade as you can have. He was an elite level kid that they got out of Niceville. I think at the end of the day that that kid in three years from now, when he gets drafted in the first or second round, people are going to forget whether Travis Hunter played there or not. It's listen, it's not sour grapes. I but thought to your point fish. I thought Marvin was so important. Marvin would have made that kid a better player. That's what there's, you're saying. There's no, exactly what you're there's saying. no, there's no, Marvin to me was the most important player in their class. One yep. from a perception standpoint, his father played at Florida state. He was an all American. I'm going to say it again. His father's locker was in glass enclosed. This wasn't just any player. And I, people brought up that him and his mother didn't get, I don't care. His father needed to explain to that mother and that family who he really was at Florida state. All right. This is like Michael Jordan being at North Carolina. He was one of the five pillars of Florida state and built part of the reason Bobby had so much success, whether it was Derek Brooks, Marvin Jones, Deion Sanders, Peter Warwick, Warwick Dunn, Charlie Warwick. Those guys are in another level. So when fans talk about legacies, he was at a different – this kid had to sign at Florida State. I agree. But the people that were there when Marvin Jones Sr. were there aren't there anymore. No, I understand. And they have somebody else there. No, I understand that. That's why they have to bring back Deion. He's the connection. But that's that's something that when you're recruiting needs to be explained. Listen – we're not putting we're not putting the pressure on you of being like your dad, but understand something. This is Florida State, and we are listen, Noah. At the end of the day, and I think Kirby Smart's a hell of a coach, and they're a client of mine, and I, I think they've done a great job. I'm going to say this: it's not been since there. There's one fact: not since 1980 has Georgia won a national title. Now they may That's win right. one this year. Florida State has won three national titles. So this idea, Florida State's an easy sell. There was no reason for Marvin Jones Jr. to not have gone to Florida State. There's no excuse you could tell me, oh, him and his mom didn't get along, the dad and the mom didn't get along, the blah, 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 blah. He, he would have brought other players with him to Florida State. Correct. And 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 I don't know if, the, like, I, I wasn't in those recruiting meetings. I wasn't in, maybe... Maybe they felt like, oh, if we we lay off him. No, I think you had to put more pressure on that kid, more pressure on that family. Like, hey, listen, you have to come here. And this is why. And that, and there's a way to do it where you're not pressuring them where they feel that pressure directly. But there's pressure there and an understanding of how important he needed the importance of him. He was more important than Travis Hunter. All right. I would have given him more attention than Travis. I would have given him more important attention than Duffy. To me, he was the single most important recruit in the last 10 years at Florida State, and they had to get him. And, and that's how, listen, they have to win those battles for this staff to play for, forget ACC titles, because that's secondary, play for national titles. If you want to play for a national title at Florida State, you have to have those guys at your program. 
you know, you know, Fish, to your point, I'll say this. With all the great defensive backs that were at Florida State when I was there, the thing that made those defensive backs were those four guys up front to put pressure on the quarterback without blitz, without blitzing. Dion will tell you that. Yep. He ain't going to have success without the guys up front. Marvin yep. Jones was is a pass rusher. Those guys are – there's a reason why they go so high in the NFL draft everywhere, every year. They're them and left tackles and quarterback. We we could we've talked about it. Why Clemson's been so good? Dabo would not a that like Dabo ain't losing that kid at the end of the day because of how the importance of there's an understanding of how important he is not only to that program but to that community. Marvin was Florida State. He is when you go there and you they put highlight videos up. Marvin is everywhere. That, that guy, there was a freaking tree named after him on a practice field. Like, like I can't say, I, I just think that the younger generation that wasn't around Marvin and didn't get to see him, I got to see him play at Florida State. All right. People remember, listen, when he was in high school, they would play with only one linebacker because he was so good. They didn't want other guys to get in his way. They, they play like a five, one, whatever front. And they just said, Marvin, go chase the ball. He was so talented. He's the best linebacker to ever play at Florida state and one of the best to ever play in college. It'd be like Brian Bosworth's kid, not going to Oklahoma. It just wouldn't happen. So when people Bosworth, talk about I this, Bosworth's kid went to UCLA for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> but he probably wasn't good enough to go there. You know? <laughs> yeah. But there's a big difference. It's funny yeah. to, you know, Hey, they got Derek Brooks's kid, but <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to talk about we're not going over that. All right, here's my thing, though. And this is, you know, and I had always equated it to when Florida State recruited Ernie Sims, Ernie Sims III, not Ernie Sims Jr., Ernie Sims III. And it was during a time when, you know, this was after two, this was after Chris Winkie had left. So they were on a little bit of a downswing. This is when Demo was torturing him at NC State and stuff. But remember, Bowden was never going to lose Ernie Sims III because – he believed that, like, he looked at those kids like family. Like, you that's go get, exactly like, that's right. not just a recruit. That is family. Like, family, that's family. We're home. So, okay, they lost them. Why did they lose them is my question. That's the question. Of the like, how did that happen? Because it was very clear when he committed, that, you know, Marvin was not happy. Marvin Sr. was, you know, he obviously he's going to support his kid. But that hurt him a lot to see his kid not go to Florida State. So how did this happen? Well, Corey, uh, you used the word family, which everybody throws around now, and they make different things for family. When I was at Florida State, it was truly family. It really was. It was so – it could have fell apart at any moment, but it was always kept together by family. And I think what happens is the only remaining person in that building that's connected to Coach Bowden is Odell Higgins. That's it. There's nobody else. I think Ron Dugans might be in there, but that's about it. But Odell's the true warrior that's left. So I think, you know, when you look at Odell, he knows. He's going to say the right things and all that stuff. But Odell knows, okay, there's writing on the wall there. But when Coach Battle was there, when you when we had a recruiting weekend, man, it felt really like family. It was, like, unbelievable. And, and I don't think possibly in order for Marvin Jones Jr., whatever it was, to make that decision, he must have not felt that. Although they preached it, they said, yes, yes, yes. It's, it, it, he must have not felt that, Corey. There, there's no question. 
I mean, because you go back, there was a picture of him going on campus when he was younger. I, I, I forgot who the picture was with. And he was standing there. He must have been 11, 12 years old. And that kid at that moment, you could look at him. He was a Florida State kid. Something went sour. And, and, and people want to blame the mom and this. Listen, no. at the end of the day, the mom, the mom at the end of the day did not make that decision. She may have wanted him to go to one of these schools, but Marvin Jr. made that decision. And he's a grown man now. He made that decision. But I, I, I couldn't stress it enough. I, I just – he would have been the priority of mine. If I was a recruiting coordinator there, he would have been the priority over – he would have trumped everything because I feel like you land him and he gets on your side, he pulls other kids. Correct. He, because he understands, you always talk about this, understanding Florida State, understanding yep. Miami. Mar, it's like Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal understands Miami like no Correct. other coach they've hired in the last 15, 20 years. Correct. Right? He understands everything about Miami, every intricacy, everything about Miami, what it means to be, put that you on the side of the helmet. All right. That there's a, a something that a, a higher standard you have to live up to to put that helmet on and deserve to put that helmet on all right it's the same thing at florida state the guys that played there whether it was the Dion's, whether it's the marvin jones the Derek brooks that put the blood the sweat the tears to build that program to where it was where it got to today all right those guys that have that feeling that kid did not have so they 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 needed they those former players should have been in on that kid's recruitment the whole time all right i would have had those guys and i know you're not supposed to use other players but let's or former players but let's be honest they all the do. reason willie williams went to freaking miami is the night before signing day ray lewis called him all right you you had to you empty the chamber and that kid yeah. had to be in that class and he wasn't and that's what's disappointing to me because at the end of the day like i said if he had committed especially early on that kid should have been committed last july forget waiting till signing day he should have been the bell cow your class not travis hunter and it's nothing against travis hunter but travis hunter probably would have gone to florida state if marvin was committed and guys like him were committed Fish, probably, you, know what's, yeah. not to, you know what you know what they're saying is Hey, Fish, we did all that, and it didn't work. No, they didn't. No, they they didn't. think they did all that, but they didn't do it. Because in recruiting, I don't care what anybody says, you have to have a little street in you. Mm -hmm. You have to have a little street when you recruit. You have to understand the street when you recruit. Because if you don't, it'll chew you up, and they'll, they'll, they'll look you right in the eye and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And go so, and you you got to be smart enough. you got to be smart enough. You still there? Yeah, I'm there. you got to be smart enough to realize what that means. And if you're not, they're going to ro roll right over you. Absolutely. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, real quickly on, on Florida, um, you know, Billy Napier came in. They signed three kids on national on early signing day that caught my attention. Kamari Wilson, big time safety, played for IMG, out of Fort Pierce originally, Florida kid. Uh, Devin Moore, safety out of Naples. I know you're you like them fish. He was committed to Notre Dame. I, I, I love. I, oh, I like you know that what? kid. He, he reminds him. me a like lot him. of Bobby Taylor that played at Notre Dame. He's a smart kid. Uh, you know, Demo will tell you he's coached like DBs. When you have a kid that really understands the game and 
on he they talk about pattern matching now and this and that he's going to understand that language when the coaches explain it to him he's a very smart kid he plays at a program in naples that they're very well coached they they understand football he's going to do very well i think he was a big time get for them to get him and kamari um their secondary is going to be very good over the next couple years listen he did a it's not easy with this new early signing day uh, to do what Mario and him did in a short amount of time. Like forget it's not about quantity. It's quality. quality. You're not going to get numbers. You're not going to get get focus on the best guys you can get that are going (laughs) to at least like, like, like you and I talked about after Mario and Napier were done with their signing days, they didn't get a lot of kids, but the kids they got let you know right away what they're about. Right. let you know what they're about it, it also lets them regroup and now they got a month and a half there's still some very good players out there that are available um you know yeah we've talked about it i i still like the ej lightsey kid a lot that's out of georgia shamar stewart's still out there and mario's gonna have a shot it's down to him in texas a&m a&m has a big lead but mario's gonna get an in-home visit with that kid you know um you know there's other guys kevin coleman who was uh, a heavy lean to Florida State, supposedly from all the recruiting experts. Mario now went in home, had a visit with him at Oregon, now had a visit with him at uh, Miami. Uh, now, I mean, they're able to now take a deep breath, step back, look at their roster, and go after the positions of need for next signing day. Uh, we've talked about this. I do think, and this will be another podcast altogether, I do believe the NCA has to make a decision at some point and move the – early signing day back either to August and make it a real early signing day or get rid of it all together and go back to February. Because with these coaches getting fired, it's literally putting, it's not, I personally don't think it's fair to the new coaches that have to come in and they're behind the eight ball in this first class, because if they don't sign a first good class and all of a sudden the fans are on them and this and that, and the program gets off to a slow start, Mario Napier hit a few targets. So it looks a lot better. But they really need to do something with this early signing day. And I know we'll talk about it. It's another total yeah. topic, but it's something that definitely the NCA needs to look into. Yeah, I, I would agree that. There's a few things I need to look into. And I've, I've thought like you, they could move that up to August. I've also thought that maybe only early enrollees should be allowed to participate in early signing day. If you're not, if you're not enrolling True. in January, you can't sign. Yep. That, True. That, that, that could also work. So a few things could work there. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that another day. We're going we're gonna to come back, go through a little bit of rapid fire, a couple of news items out there. We'll close this now. We know this was a long segment, but we had a lot to talk about. We've been, we've been, we've been thinking about these things for a few days now. We'll be right back with more of the Fish Cast. And we're out. Okay. Um, yeah, let me uh, – we'll do short countdown. We'll do some rapid fire because we're it's – already, it's already after 10. I'll – Everybody can get some sleep now. So we'll uh, do a couple quick things here. So we'll just do short countdown. Couple seconds of dead air. Three, two, one. We're back with more of the fish cast. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to get into these things, you know, especially in the next few weeks. Uh, I really want to go over fish. I want to go over the East, the uh, East meets West game. I want to do that as these, uh, also, games are coming up. I, I want to hear some stories about how that whole thing came together in like six weeks and how it led to the 
what we know is the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking more recruiting as we get to the traditional national signing day. Um, and, you know, we're going to have more coaches on and stuff. Um, first and foremost, Fish, quick roundup. You were at the Florida State football finals this past weekend. Uh, looked like there were two really competitive games, three blowouts, but a lot of good players as always. Yeah, I you know, listen, anytime you have Central, St. Thomas, uh, and those programs, uh, Cardinal Gibbons was there, these top programs down here, you know there's going to be talent. I was very surprised Venice uh, won another state championship this year. They were very good. I know, like, Demo liked to recruit that southwest part of Florida. Uh, you know, that coach, Coach Peacock, has done a phenomenal job. He's, I think this is now his second or third title uh, since he's been there. They, they look like a South Florida team. They're the one team that I, you know, you usually, you want to look at these teams. Um, I thought your boys at Tampa Jesuit, they, they, they looked like a South Florida team. They blew out Northwestern and they were in a nail biter <laughs> in a game. They had no business being close, but um, they were a very good football team, but it was, it was great to be able to go down the street and watch these games so close. Three minutes away from the house. Now, wow. a, a little more than that, but it was just nice not to have to drive. And I actually got in. Uh, I, 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 I had to pull some strings. Uh, I got out of the black book, the Joe Pesci black book and casino. So I'm I the find... only one left on the suspended list now. Now, you, now you're only me, on the suspended list because you're, a, from you're only suspended because you're associated with me. All right? Like, <laughs> like freaking the the pope would be suspended with me all right man like they just don't want to let me in but i got in and uh i kind of hid and behaved myself you know you know i could get a little rambunctious but i did my thing i got in i got out i got my information and we're good to go so excellent 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 that's good to hear uh uh you know demo you used to come down to the games a bit back in the day right now you did, I sure right? did. Nothing any, better any, than any one particular performance from one of the finals games that stuck out to you over the years that you really kind of changed. Maybe it was a kid that you weren't even thinking about afterwards. Like I had to recruit that kid. Well, you know, Corey, <laughs> the two of the best times of the year for me were in the spring in the month of May, going down there and watching spring practice, and then the state final games down there in, in December, and. You know, there's really not one thing that stood out because I was always on the move, going from place to place and trying to see as much as I could. Um, and then obviously see the kids that I was recruiting, but I was always had my eye on kids that I wasn't recruiting because I wanted to see where they were going, what kind of performance they were putting out there and all that kind of stuff. And maybe some of the kids I, I knew I couldn't touch, but I still wanted to watch them perform. But it, it, it's, it's really spectacular to me, you know, where I'm from in the Northeast, when you have an opportunity to go down there and do those things, it's absolutely phenomenal to me. And I, I, I guess you could say I'm biased. I don't know, but I, I, I'm from the North. So how can I be biased? But I love Florida football. I really do. You're and biased. there's really not one thing I can point to Corey, but I think all of it combined was special. Yeah. I, I think my favorite, if I look back and I've, I've watched, I mean, I've been watching these since oh, is 96. Uh, my, one of my more favorite recent memories was 2010. Uh, it was a game between Tampa Jefferson and Miami New Orleans. And Jefferson won. 
And Jefferson was a different sort of Tampa team because you had Plant that was starting to do well, that was very structured, very, you know, they're just excellently coached under Robert Weiner. You had Armwood that was just there a bunch. But Jefferson was like Armwood turned up to 12. Like they had Rameek Wilson on the team, went to Georgia. They had uh, Chris Moore went to Cincinnati. Andre Davis went to USF. They were a team that it was just rough. And I remember it was, it was a great game, a lot of athleticism, and Jefferson won by a couple scores. And I, it was Duke Johnson's first game, you know, first opportunity at finals. He would go on to win, Norman would win next year for him. I remember the end, it got to this big brawl, like 90 seconds left, and they end <laughs> the game. And they didn't have a handshake. They didn't do, they didn't do like the medal ceremony. So while Jefferson's getting, because they didn't do the Norland, the Norland just pulled their team off the field. So they didn't do the, so while Jefferson's getting their medal ceremony, and you remember this fish, Duke Johnson comes out with a jersey, his medal on a pair of blue jeans. And I was convinced he was going to fight everybody at Tampa Jefferson by himself. Like, uh, it was that sort of heat was in that game. And I was like, we're he's got his grin. Duke Johnson had this grin on his face that lets you know that he was up to no good. And he was grinning the whole time. And I'm convinced that he got near that pony and he would have tried to, he would have tried to clock somebody that got to him earlier in the game. But uh, I just remember that. I just remember that particular thing. And there, there was there have been some blowouts, fish, some bad blowouts that we oh, saw. There, there was this like, weekend. It was terrible, man. So uh, there was no Pahokee versus Newberry sort of blowout this week. There could have been. I mean, <laughs> there's a couple teams that decided it, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, hey Corey, I'll say this. And I never it, I never been at a, a game that was like Pahokee and Belgley, the muck bowl. That wasn't a state playoff game, but man, I tell you what, it had the excitement of a state playoff game. That's a special game. But I know Tampa Jefferson real well. I recruited and signed a bunch of kids from there, yeah. and I almost had a couple of kids. I almost had Bubba Caldwell, rest of soul. Yeah. I believe he's passed now. Yeah. But I remember going in recruiting him, and he's sitting there going, "Hey, what took you so long?" I was at NC State at the time. We had Philip Rivers, and uh, he said, "Coach, you know, I'm not too sold on Florida. That's where everybody say I'm going. I'll listen to you about NC State." And, you know, I almost had them coming up there. But there was a lot of things from Tampa Jefferson. A lot of kids I signed, different places, different schools I was at. Yeah, during that time, they were pretty good. You uh, know, I think Simmons was the head coach at the time. Uh, what's yeah, his name? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Simmons is there. And then uh, Mike Fenton was there as well. Yes, Those Mike Fenton, guys. yes. Yeah. Um, keep going. Uh, more about FIU hires Mike McIntyre as their next head coach after oh, – yeah. That Demo's expression on uh on Zoom is exactly the expression that everybody had when he got hired. I thought they made a good hire with the AD. They brought in the AD from UCF, and I was fish. You and I thought of, we were really excited about that. Then we see his football coach hire, we're like, oh, okay. And I don't even. I mean, obviously the guy he's coached before. Uh, I don't. I don't know what to say. Like, it's just not going to work. Like, it's, it's not going to work because there's no one down there that's going to support them. And they're not going to support them because they don't have to. And, like, you know, I think this is this is where people don't demo. And this is where people don't understand the community. But when a community tells you they want something and you give them something 100% opposite of what they want. It ain't going to work. That, hey, they'll come around once they meet this guy. It's never going to get to that point. They ain't no. never going to meet the guy. 
If it was that's the case, he'd still be a Florida. Yeah. Fish. He, uh, he don't want to say anything. He don't want to say anything about his wife. Listen, I, I think it's going to be a difficult situation just because FIU really needed it to, to infuse some energy into that program. And it's going to be tough because when you come down here, the coaches, it takes them time to trust you. It takes time to build those bonds. And you're talking a program that needs a lot of help. And you're now going to have to trust. I, I Listen, the guy's probably a pretty good X's and O's coach, but he's got his, he's from Miami, but he's got his work cut out. I mean, he's going to have a, a really hard and difficult situation. I'm not saying it can't happen because we've seen, listen, Polini went to FAU and won. And I didn't think at that time he'd be the right fit. So it's possible, but I do think they got their work cut out. And I think they could, they, that's a program that made it a lot more difficult on themselves. If they had just pulled the trigger on somebody, a local guy, I think they would have been a lot happier, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it's going to be a rough one, I think, but we'll see. <laughs> was that, was that the, he was at Colorado, right? He was at he was, Colorado and, and San Jose and, State. And San Jose State. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he he's was from my, he's from Miami. Uh, but he lived there until he was like three because his dad was like a scout for the Dolphins or something. Yeah, he's not yeah. really from my he's not like no, he's, no. No, there's no one raised there. Yeah. Let, let me say this. When he was at Colorado and I was at Hawaii, we played them at Colorado. And our punter, who I'm gonna say his name was Scott Harding, who started his whole rugby punting. Everybody rugby punts. Everybody goes to Australia now. Scott Harding started it for me when I was in Hawaii as the, as a special teams coordinator. We started the rugby punt. He was the first one that did it. He was from Australia. He put on a show that day at Colorado, and I remember McMentry, whatever his name is, goes, "What what are they doing over there? I don't even know what he's doing." <laughs> but but that was him, and that was my first time playing against him so I got to understand a little bit but I remember he was at Florida etc but it could be another one of those experiments that I'm talking about but we'll see um all right continuing on Urban Meyer gets fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars in something that was never going to work out um and at least it only went 13 games and I look at it like this. He tried it. It failed miserably. Don't do it again. It's just not for you. Like some the, guys are, are meant the, to be in college. Some guys are meant to be the NFL. The, he is the, an NFL guy. The problem is the Jaguars are going to go the total opposite way now. Higher <laughs> retread. And this, like they're not going to. I gonna... actually think they're going to hire. I think they're going to hire Byron Leftwich. You'll see it. I hope they do. You'll see it. Wow. I think it'll be okay. I think that'd, it'll be, good. that'd be a good fit. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's where they're going to go. You know, but that wasn't gonna work. I mean, that that Nemo's laughing because he's one, and it's just some styles just ain't gonna work beyond the college level. And that's just what what he does, what he likes to do. It just that ain't gonna work with men, with grown men. When somebody says the owner gave me everything I wanted to the way the toilet paper was used in the toilet toilet room, the bathroom, he gave me everything, and I still failed. Okay. But the guy gave him everything he wanted. Anything he wanted, he gave him. Yeah. Eh, you know, sometimes it just does. Sometimes, like I said, guys just need to be where they need to be. Yeah. Um, Miami has somewhere, they're un, it's reportedly anywhere 12 and 15 guys in COVID protocol. Got a bowl game on the 31st. They pretty much 
are not going to, I don't think they're going to do anything face to face for a while. Should they play in the bowl game at this point? Yeah, they should play because play? you know what yeah. they need. Demo yeah. will tell you it's, it's, it helps you out going into spring ball and everything. Yeah. Those extra practices, they do mean something, you know? So. Yeah, you, you can develop you can develop some players yada 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 unless they're the ones that need to get developed that aren't there because they're in the protocol but i really don't think mario's looking at this game one way or the other he already knows what his plan is already knows what he has to do and i think if they win great if they lose no big deal i already know what i'm doing i already got my plan set you know, i don't think miami's won a bowl game in 20 years like i'm Probably sure they'd not. like to win <laughs> i think they'd yeah. like to pull one out all right yeah. get one yeah. um um, one, one significant transfer portal addition move was made Florida losing Emory Jones in the transfer portal. He's going to play in the bowl game, but I'm going to go through Thursday. They end up getting Jack Miller, highly touted quarterback back up at Ohio state at CJ, CJ Stroud back up this year. He's going in to play at Florida. Uh, he'll be there with Anthony Richardson uh, and the other kid, Carlos uh, Del Rio, they're both highly touted players. Do you like that addition? Are you happy that someone's actually just going after another good player in a position, not worried about hurting somebody's feelings or running somebody off? You, you got to win now. And, and you know, we talked about this at Florida State with Jordan Travis. You're in no position to. Uh, it, it, listen, the guy that's there is going to have to compete if they want to win. If they win the job after you bring somebody else in, fine. If not, you, I just, you know, the team was how many wins did Florida have last year? Six, six and six. Like nobody's job should be given to anybody on that team, you know? Uh, I, and we both think that Anthony Richardson should have been starting, but he shouldn't be handed the job. The only way he's going to get better if they bring better players around him. I don't know how good this guy is anyway. Um, I think he was like third string at Ohio State. And not every backup quarterback at Ohio State's good. We already found that out with Tate Martell. They have not hit on every guy. So it will be interesting to see if this kid can even play. We don't know. Most of yeah. the time, these guys can't play. And that's why they're transferring out. Yeah, yeah. I just – go ahead, go ahead, Dino. No, no, I, I agree with Fish said. I agree with him. Yeah, no, I just, I just kind of like the idea of bringing in another, another arm. To can't, you can't, it can't hurt you. What's the worst no, thing that happens? Can't. He doesn't pan out. So, And we close this out. I'm going to the game on Thursday. I'm covering it. Sold out. Gasparilla Bowl. Central Florida versus the Florida Gators. Who you got? Well, I'll say this. It's, it kind of reminds me of the Cincinnati-Alabama game. I don't know who I got. Everybody's going to be cheering for the underdog. Let's go UCF. But I think Florida should out, outman them, but I don't know. But let me just say this in closing. Did I hear this correctly? Is Brett Venables going to coach the bowl game at Clemson? I don't know. It doesn't Somebody matter. said that playing. he was. And if anybody. he does, if he does, it goes back to what we were saying way back a couple a segment ago. I don't ago. think so. Somebody told been, me he is. If they do, you been, want those players are going to play hard for him because it's That's what last. I mean. And I, I think that goes back to what you were talking about about what the kind of family atmosphere that they have down there, the guy feels that he has to do it. I don't know if that's true, though. If somebody can look that up, I heard it was possible. Let but me, I didn't I'll mean to bring it, that up. Let me see if I can look it up right now. I mean, because, okay. like, it just seems kind of odd because it's but, not a, a – No. But somebody told me he was, and I said I, it, it didn't shock I me. I mean, it wouldn't could, shock me. I mean, no, it wouldn't listen, shock me. I mean, he is the reason – he's a big reason why Clemson played 
for all the yes. national titles and won two. Yes. Um, I, I mean, Dabo probably wouldn't be still coaching at Clemson if it wasn't for Brent Venables. Yes. Um, no, I mean, the only thing I, I hear is that his son is going to – his son will be at his son plays for Clemson, so he might be on the sideline. His son's a walk-on, so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so his son is there. Also, by the way, I want to say, Brent Venables, they had a pretty damn good signing they threw to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yes, they did. They did. They got a quarterback. They got a couple of – they're going to get that running back out of Vegas that me and Fish are big fans of. Like, they're – like he did okay. I'm not. I'm like. I'm. I'm, I'm doing it. And uh, Lincoln Riley did really well too. He got. He got. You know, most of the top West Coast kids. Again, you're not going to get numbers. You just got to establish yourself for what you're going to be. Where did that? Where did that receiver from Bishop Gorman in in the Vegas go to? Or is he still? So it was there? a run. It was a running back. He ended up going to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. he didn't go. He didn't go to USC. I thought there was no. there was somebody. No, there was uh, the DP Zion Branch, the safety. From Vegas, from from that from that program, from Gorman, and another kid from Vegas went to D. And Relique Brown, the running back. No, the running backs from. No, the running backs from He's Mater. From Mater yeah, the two kids from Mater die went to USC, and then the the Zion Branch kid from Vegas went to USC. And there was another kid that had already been committed to USC that stayed there. So yeah, there were okay. two kids from. But yeah, yeah, the running back that we like. Is going to go to Oklahoma, and that's a, wow. that's a DeMarco Murray thing because Murray gotcha. went to Gorman, went to Oklahoma. He's gotcha. I, I listen, you know me with out of state kids. Uh, when I watched his film, he's, he's thoroughbred, he's, the a thoroughbred for real. he's an NFL back. Yeah, I mean, that's listen, that's that that changes your whole team real quickly. You got that right, big time, big time, well, guys. Uh, this closes out the Christmas edition of the fish gas. The uh, fish celebrating after celebrating a great Hanukkah. Now he's going to celebrate. How many gifts does Ethan get? Like, listen, <laughs> listen, we we went to a store today and he saw these new Yeezys. And I got to oh. tell you, they were like 700 bucks. I go, Ethan, <laughs> I love you, man, but you got the wrong rich Jewish dad, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, he's like, "Come on, Dad!" I'm like, "Dude, I love you, man." But I mean, what? He's already got a pair that are, you know, that were second hands. But I like that. When I looked at the bottom of that shoe, I go, "Wait a second! I'm getting these old ass Nikes, and you're getting these new Yeezys." I'm like, "Man, I'm with you, man." My son uh, stayed with those Yeezys, but I finally, oh I finally God. got him over to the Jordans. Now he's a Jordan guy. Uh, but the Jordans are just as expensive. Uh, Ethan likes the Jordans. He doesn't like the cheap Jordans. He likes the ones that <laughs> yeah, there's like the only three Jordans. made, you know? Like, I'm like, I, this is why I had to tell him Santa didn't exist this year, right? And I don't, wanna, hey, I, I, we may have to have Jeff to edit that out. After last year, man, I'm like, man, this kid just doesn't like cheap gifts. I know he's Jewish, all right? Just because of that. I mean, he didn't get Angela's side. He would just if he had Angela's side, he'd just take the darn credit card out of my wallet and pay for it. All right, yeah. you got to let him know that Santa's got a mortgage to pay. Oh my <laughs> god, man! I like freaking. I got to finance everything now. That's Ethan's, man. Yeah, that elf on the shelf ain't putting up any money for that. I flipped those shoes over. I almost passed out. I still, I mean, he was angry. I said, "I'll give it there." He's gonna have I'm to like, sit in the stinks. back of this. He's going to have to sit in the back of the car for 20 minutes mad because I would have been mad if I had paid for those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine what, like, 
I know what my mom or dad would do if I asked for some seven hundred dollars shoes. <laughs> my dad wanted to slap me right in front of, right in the ball in front of everybody. Oh man, it's tough, <laughs> man. Like day and knock me out. Hey, I don't what? say. Hey, I don't say no too often, but <laughs> that was a quick one. Uh, there was no like. I started heading to the exit real quick at that place. You know? <laughs> like, I'm asking for something. Like, I'm like, I'm to have something that expensive back when I was like, before I turned, you know, buy my own. Because I'd be like, I need, it's like, it's like, like tires for my car all or something that I need to all, survive. Listen, like, all of my <laughs> gifts and my sister's gifts never equal 700 combined. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember when I asked for a pinball machine at one year, and I thought, thought, I mean, I was like, thought I was asking for it. You know what I'm saying? We go to one store, and all the sneakers are wrapped in cellophane. I'm like, what the heck? He's like, yeah, I want that one. That's a nice one. Look, $500. (laughs) I was like, holy smokes, man. I've never seen this before. I, I like Clyde Pumas, man. I love my Dude. Clyde Pumas. Demo's yeah, still wearing his free freaking Nike shoes that he got at Rutgers. All right. Man, I, got, like, well, I got a bike out of from all over. It's still in my closet. <laughs> I out. Exactly. Like we need to get we need to get kids to like Shaq. His shoes are like $39.99. Like yeah. are, yeah. oh, man. I'm, I'm listen, I, that, I need to get Hey, anybody that wants to hire me, I need to just be on a coaching staff and just, you know, I get those free shoes. I'll just be handing them and Ethan, you know, he'll be getting those free University of Miami Nike. Oh, wait a second. I should... <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I wonder why you got that thing behind him. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Nah. Hey, listen, you know, I always have something different each show. This is you know well, guys, I'm a Mario guy, man. But yeah, hey, you guys have a great Christmas, yeah, man. Yeah, everybody have a good holiday. Christmas, Demo. And... Don't be upset that I, you know, ignore some of your text messages. Hey, no know, worries. You know, you're always right, like my wife. You got to understand that <laughs> I'm tired of everybody telling me how they're right all the time. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I just wish both of you well, and uh, just want to thank everybody for supporting the Fishcast through another year, and uh, we'll be back better than ever, 2022. Absolutely. All right, man. Take it easy. Merry care. Christmas. Happy holidays, folks. It's big too, baby. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.